Our mission is to empower the emerging generations with skills to lead in real life. Hey podcast listeners, Andrew here, and today we've got a really amazing conversation between Dr. Tim Elmore, our fearless leader, and Ryan Jenkins. Ryan Jenkins is an internationally recognized keynote speaker, virtual trainer, and a Wall Street Journal best-selling author on the topics like leadership, generational differences, workplace loneliness, and the future of work. For a decade, Ryan has inspired and equipped audiences with the necessary insights and tools to succeed in the new era of work. Ryan is the author of several books, including his latest, Connectable, How Leaders Can Move Teams from Isolated to All In. In this book, he discusses the feelings of loneliness that happens so so often among employees. Connectable is written to give leaders the tools they need to help transform an isolated follower into one that is happier, more engaged, and more productive. Ryan is currently living in Atlanta, Georgia with his wife Ashley and their children, Ella, Landon, Meyer, and they also have a yellow lab named Bauer as well. We're so honored to have Ryan as a guest. So Tim, take it away. Ryan, it is so good to see you again. Uh, we, we've had we've enjoyed coffee together, but we just did an event together not that long ago, and I think we surprised each other. Oh my gosh, you're here! So it was it was fun to be with a friend. Yes, so, always good to see you. Thanks for joining us today. My pleasure. Your newest book is hitting a need, a pain point that so many organizations, schools are going through. I am thrilled to have you just talk about it from your heart. So um, the book is called Connectable. Would you just start by sharing what was the genesis of this book? Yeah, thanks again for having me, Tim. And, and the genesis was, well, I've studied generations for a decade now, and my last book was all about Gen Z. Yeah. yeah. And as I was unpacking that generation, I found that, that I discovered that 79% of them said they experienced loneliness uh, on a very frequent basis. Yeah. And I thought that really stood out to me. And I thought, first, that was very troubling. I wanted to figure yeah. out why that was happening and then what we could do to help them as they begin to pour more into our institutions and into the workforce. And this was all pre-pandemic that I was uncovering all this. So I began digging into loneliness uh, before the pandemic hit. And then when the pandemic happened, I brought a lot of this loneliness research to a lot of my clients thinking, I don't know, would would you want to talk about loneliness? I didn't think anybody would because humans, we just have never wanted to talk about loneliness. It's still shrouded in so much shame. There's a little bit of stigma, isn't there? Yes, absolutely. And, and it's, it still is. We're trying to do our darndest to, to overcome that because as we'll probably talk about today, it's not shameful. It's, it's a signal and it's helpful. It's useful for, for, for humans. Um, and so, yeah, I brought this research to clients thinking, hey, would you want to talk about this? Didn't think they would. Everybody wanted to. Of course, there was uh, some certain circumstances that made it very, uh, yes. you know, uh, hit a nerve. And we were off running, and that really uh, had me go deep on the topic of loneliness and connection. And uh, we spent years and years researching it, and then we actually surveyed over 2,000 global workers. So it wasn't just Gen Z at that point that we were focusing on. And we found that 72% of uh, employees actually experience it on a monthly basis, 55% experiencing loneliness on a weekly basis. So uh, it's still, according to our research, acute with the emerging generations for reasons we can discuss, uh, but it's something that we all face. It's a thing. thing. Well, what's crazy is as you were talking, I was thinking we were already struggling with loneliness, and then we went into isolation, which didn't help at all. (laughs) And isn't it a paradox that we have this phone in our hands all the time, connected and yet lonely? Mm. It's just one of the paradoxes of our strange day we live in. So. 
Yeah, yeah but you know, one of the things is that I think people misconstrue is this idea of communication and connection. Yeah. To your yes. point, it, it, we feel like we're connected to folks, yeah. but really it's communication. Right? Yes. We're communicating with folks. Right. In my mind, communication is dealt, but it's connection that's felt. Mm, right? you I can like that. Text someone all yes. day, I love you, I love you, I love you, your spouse or sleep another. Yeah. yeah. But it's not the same as when you're in the room with them, eyeball to eyeball, or, or you know, hug a friend or whatever it might be. So, yeah, we're communicating more than ever, and these tools are tremendous that we have at our disposal. But I think it's it's giving us uh, this false sense of connection. Yeah. It's really not connection. No, you're right. I think you're right. So let's start this way. How would you define loneliness? Uh, we use that word, but how do you define it? Yeah, I think that the best way to think about it, and this is really kind of a big aha for a lot of our audiences, is that loneliness is not the absence of people, it's the absence of connection. Mm -hmm. So yeah. if you think about, you know, listeners can probably uh, identify with this, that you've probably been in a crowded office or room yeah. before and you still feel isolated or alienated mm -hmm. because you don't have connection with those yeah. folks. Inversely, if you're working remotely and you're you know, alone in your office, you still might not have the same levels of loneliness if you feel a strong connection to your work or um, the organizational culture or your students or whatever it might be. So it's 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 a little jarring, but it's really important to understand it's not the absence of people, it's the absence of connection. And then you can really start to expand and look at, well, it's connection with oneself, connection with team members, connection with your community members, with uh, you know spiritual connection. There's all yeah. types of yeah. connection points we need to be thinking about as it relates to um, lessening loneliness and cultivating more belonging and connection. Right. I think that everybody listening would go, yeah, you're right, I get this. Mm -hmm. And that makes a lot of sense the way you define that. Would you go backwards just a little bit and unpack the science behind both loneliness and belonging? Yeah, we go in depth in the book. And what's really fascinating about loneliness is we, we really, it's really new to, to humans. We don't know a lot about it, uh, which is really kind of fascinating. Yeah. In 2012, so not that long ago, 2012 is when a couple of neuroscientists actually figured out where loneliness shows up in our brain. So this is pretty new, so we're still unpacking a lot of this, um, and there's all kinds of complexities to it. Um, but I think one of the best ways to kind of think about loneliness is uh, research that was recently done on exclusion, and they took a group of people and they put them through an experience of exclusion, and their brain went up. That's, of course, not surprising. Yeah. Where their brain lit up was what was really telling because uh, it was the same part of the brain when they experienced exclusion. It was the same part of the brain that registers physical pain. Isn't that interesting? So, you know, what are we deduced from that? Well, when we experience exclusion, our body is feeling that as if it's we're being physically hit. And so, you know, if you think about uh, students or team, team uh, members, if they come into work or come into... Uh, come on campus and they have a bleeding appendage, the yeah. last thing they want someone to say is just, you know, study or get in the classroom yeah. or go to work, right? Show me some grit. Yeah, right. Get, you know, you're fine. It's like, yeah. well, no, yeah. I'm going to be distracted at best, debilitated at worst. And so, you know, we are just now starting to unpack a lot of these invisible ailments. And they're yeah. just as important yes. as some of these physical ailments. And so I think that's what's really important about uh, loneliness is that Again, that's invisible, and we're still, a lot of us don't quite have our arms around it just yet. Yeah. And so we need to, you know, I guess a, a, if you talk to a psychologist, they would say, um, oh, awareness is curative, right? So we're still so much yeah. in this awareness yes. phase of what is loneliness? How does it show up for me? Am I more prone to it than someone else? Because there is a DNA component yeah. to all this. Um, so anyway, I'll leave it there. 
No, that's cool. spot on. And I think that resonates. I love that you pointed out, I, I think I blogged about this once, that in the brain it shows up the same place as physical mm -hmm. pain. It's mm -hmm. emotional pain, but it's the same place as physical. So it feels horrible. Yes. And, you know, think about uh, our ancestors who roamed the plains when there was strength in numbers back then, yeah. right? Yeah. So we could pool our resources, we could watch each other's backs, we could leverage each other's strengths. And then when you were excluded from that group, your survival rate plummeted out. So our yeah. body was reacting in a very positive way to, you know, for our safety. Yeah. Like, you know, hey, Makes find sense. find a tribe, find belonging. And our body still reacts in that same sense. And so I, this is why it's such an important conversation, whether you have students in the classroom or team members, uh, you know, at work, if they're experiencing this exclusion and isolation, again, they're, they're distracted at best, debilitated at worst, and we've got to find ways to overcome that so that they can show up fully in the classroom or at work. Yeah. So the book is all about undoing this, how yes. to connect with each other. Talk for a minute about some of the modern-day connection derailers. What mm -hmm. would you say those are? We all know they exist. What would you say are the top ones? When we surveyed folks, the top two that came up, the second the, the second most uh, popular answer was technology and social media, yeah. Yeah. for all the reasons that we all yes. uh, are well aware of at yeah. this point. But this, the, the top one surprises most folks. Well, actually, I shouldn't say it surprises folks, but people don't really, uh, it's not, they don't, when I ask folks about it, they don't come out and say it. But when I say it, they go, ah, oh, that makes sense. The top derailer is busyness. Mm -hmm. And research proves that if we have, if we have time constraints, it severely limits our willingness to engage with others. Yeah. And I think we're all well aware of how much is more is on our plate. Yeah. There's more things clamoring for our time and attention. So as our time frames shrink, shows our ability to connect and engage and be present, uh, develop those connections yeah. with others. So I'm curious, we all know you're right, busyness and technology. Mm -hmm. How is there a way that um, the average person like me would identify them? Like how could I identify those derailers when they're happening and maybe stop them before they do much damage? Yeah, it's, it's a little tricky because we're still trying to get our arms around it, but you know, some of the things you can look for are you know, apathetic attitude mm -hmm. or um, excessive working, whether that's in the classroom or out you know, in the workplace. Yeah. You know, we're, again, it's, it's that side of busyness, right? I'm putting so much on my plate as a way to ignore those personal and professional connections. Almost a coping mechanism, isn't it? Mm -hmm. I, if yep. I just get busy, yeah. Okay, keep going. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, uh, folks that uh, might avoid talking about uh, personal items or things outside of the classroom or outside of the workplace. Um, you know, uh, appearance can be, of course, can be one as well. So that there are certain identifiers. We, we put 10 in the book that can kind of help folks kind of get their Good. hands around it. Um, but it's different for everybody. Everyone experiences loneliness to a different degree. So, and, and it's really, really important that we all have this. So listeners are thinking, well, I'm, you know, I don't really experience loneliness, so I, you know, I'm not going to really tune in. Don't, because we need you, right? Because <laughs> yes. we, it, it's, we're only as unified as our loneliest members. Yeah. And what happens, unfortunately, when we experience exclusions, we turn inward. Exact opposite thing we should be doing. We should be turning outward to connect with others. Yeah. So when people start uh, alienating or uh, finding themselves uh, becoming more lonely, it can be a quick downward spiral, and they're not going to rejoin the tribe or community themselves. So it takes those of us being proactive and identifying it and proactively yeah. pulling people back into the fold. I like the angle you just took, which shouldn't shock you. I really like what you do. <laughs> but um, 
I remember talking to, a, I guess he might have been 30 years old, so he was a young professional. But I talked about going to this gathering, and he said he couldn't come. And I said, sir, are you busy? Or no, I'm not busy, but I guess I just don't feel like I need that community. And I understood, but here's what I said. You may not, but that community may need you. Mm. We don't think that way. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's like, I don't need the fellowship. Well, You're but right. the fellowship might need you. Exactly. And we got to be looking that way, especially to survive the day we're in. Mm -hmm. So, crazy. Yeah. Okay, so, Ryan, our audience specifically cares about the emerging generation. I think that's why they listen to this podcast. You care about that generation, too. Yeah. How is this loneliness thing affecting Gen Z? What would you say? Yeah, I mean, I think the, the most glaring thing is around technology, right? And this is a generation that was born into it, right? Yeah. They really haven't had a voice into where technology's going. They've been born into it. They can't yeah. remember a world where a smart device has been outside of arm's reach. So um, in my experience, they are digital first, but boy, research after research shows that they are screaming for more human yeah. connection. Yeah. And I, I'm still kind of on the fence as to whether or not they actually themselves know that they, they're, they're interested in that. Yes. I think they, they there's the sensation that they want it, but I don't think they understand. To be honest, I don't think any of us, no matter your generation, we're all wildly underestimating how much we need human connection. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, they're, they're silently screaming for it, I think is, is probably a better way to put it. And so they're wanting more human elements inside the classroom and at work. They're, you know, they're wanting more in-person conversations with the, their, their uh, leaders and their bosses and managers. And I think one of the things that's really um, tripping folks up is this, 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 we talk about it in the book, it's this concept of social snacking, mm, right? You're, yes. you're, you're, you're consuming just enough social elements, yeah. usually in the form of social media, where it's keeping your loneliness levels at a, at a manageable level. Yeah. Um, so it's just kind of, we're kind of numb to it. And what we need instead is these nourishing, rich, nourishing uh, yes. connections and conversations with others. And... You know, we, we understand that physical fitness is a thing. We understand now mental fitness is a thing. Well, social fitness is, is, is a thing as well. Brilliant. And if, if we, yeah. you know, we all experience this. When we went into isolation, we all were a little clunky coming out of it. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so, Ryan, I'm thinking about when we did that event together uh -huh. a week or two ago, yeah. uh, you and I knew each other. We were meeting new people. Do you remember there was a reception after the yep. Friday night session? Didn't it feel good that you and I at least were able to walk in together? Yes. We were very aware. These are wonderful people. We've met three, four, yeah. but most of them were chit-chatting with each other. Nobody's, and it was so good once so in a while yeah. to get somebody just reaching out. Right, right. Who was realizing this isn't just about me. There's probably two uncomfortable men in the room. You know, blah, yeah. blah, blah. Yeah. Didn't we see what you're describing? Oh, my gosh, yes. Absolutely. And, and those uh, those are tough environments for me. I'm actually yeah. an introvert. <laughs> I so, am, too. Yeah. yeah. So I go on the map and I'm like, Especially because everyone knows you, and but you're a, a very distinct outsider, aren't yeah. you? And it's yeah. hard to kind of penetrate those those circles. But yeah. and and even as you know, as polished professionals like you and I, it's it's it can still be challenging to yeah. try to break the ice and gain no gaps. Yeah. So let's talk about some solutions. Yeah. In your book, there's great science, strategy, and stories, but I love the fact that you get to some answers. So talk to us now. Uh, what are a few ways we can reduce loneliness in ourselves and or People we know. Yeah, again, I think the first step is awareness. So I, you know, you can check that box listening yeah. to this podcast <laughs> and trying to understand, okay, what are my loneliness levels and how might people around me? And I think a good starting point is just assume everyone around you needs more connection. Wow. I think that's yeah. that's the starting point, right? Just assume that they need it because um, 
you know, I, I don't feel like we're, we ever have too much connection, right? Genuine, authentic yeah. connection. Um, so that awareness is a big thing, and we have a lot of tools that are in the book that are empirically validated to help people assess what are their personal loneliness levels. And then we, we give a lot of tools as far as we talked about how to identify those and folks around you or some, maybe some of those signs. Um, so those are all really helpful things. So I think awareness is kind of the big yeah. first step in a lot of this. Yeah. Good. That's good. Um, you and I are both introverts. We just admitted that on the air. On the air. <laughs> yes, that's right. What do you do? I'm kind of meddling here, but yeah. what do you do? Because you're not energized necessarily by getting out with a crowd of people, but you mm-hmm. and I do. Our job takes us there. What would you say to an introvert that you would say, beyond awareness maybe, that would be a step or two that they could take that's doable? Yeah, oh, so many thoughts here. I'll, I'll back up and I'll, uh, share some research that was that was fascinating as it relates to introvert and extroverts. Uh, Nick Epley and Juliana Schroeder recently did some research out of the University of Chicago, and Nick Epley especially wanted to study why people weren't at, interacting with each other on the train, the commuter yeah. train yes. inside of yes. Chicago. No one was interacting with each other. They thought, why is this? I mean, every person has stories and jokes, and yeah, yeah. Why, aren't, why aren't we engaging? And so he studied it, and they created three conditions. They created the solitude condition, the control condition, which people were asked to do what they normally did, which was keep to themselves yeah. and not interact with others. Yeah. And then the third condition was the connection condition, where they were asked to connect with others. And then they, they, they ran the study, and then they asked people, in, in which of those conditions did you experience the most satisfaction? Yeah majority said the connection condition. Wow. Yeah. No matter if you were the, the uh, initiator or the receiver of the connection or the conversation, yeah. and no matter if you were introvert or extrovert. So at the end of the day, we all experience, we all experience a boost of well-being when we're connecting with others. Yeah. Then they ran the test in airport, uh, waiting rooms, taxis, all these other places, the same result. Now here's the most interesting thing about all okay. this research. Before they, before they put those participants through the study, they asked them, which of those three categories, those conditions, yeah. do you think you'll be most satisfied in? And most said the solitude condition, I speak to myself. Because I think we're worried about rejection, we're worried yes. about, about say inter- something wrong, yeah. Yeah, yeah. about interrupting somebody. But, um, so I think you know, that research and how our bodies chemically feel mm-hmm. and you know, just our mm-hmm. personal well-being after we have a, a genuine connection should be, um, what we need that should be the answer and, and guide us into how we need to move forward in our connection so it doesn't matter if introvert or extrovert yeah. we all want these connections but back to your yeah. question around what it is that, that i do and um perhaps you can relate to him they, they say that the authors write the books that they themselves need to read is <laughs> yes, that has that been true of you true. yes yeah, <laughs> yeah. And i guess that was true of me too an introvert writing a book about connection yeah <laughs> and and i what, what what stood out to me the most, number one, was it takes a lot less than you think to actually yes. move someone Good. from feeling lonely to connected. Yeah. The research actually shows 40 seconds in a two-person interaction. Yeah. If you leave, if both yeah. parties feel seen and heard in, in, in that moment, it just takes 40 seconds. Yeah. And so for me as an introvert, maybe you can relate as well, I would always want to go deep with my relationships, yeah. you know, and I would always think, oh, if I'm sharing the elevator with somebody, I'm never gonna see this yeah. person again. Why invest in yeah. this, this this connection? And after three years of researching connection, that's false. And really? we, I now take that opportunity, every small little opportunity yeah. to connect. And yeah. yeah, and I think it's important 
to break the script, right? We all have these social scripts yes. that we use, yeah. right? We get in the elevator, how's your day? You know, yeah. how's it going? Fine, Fine. good, yeah. busy. And, then, and so what I use is just, I use, I break the script just slightly and that is, um, how's your day going? How's your morning going? How's the afternoon going? Yeah. It's subtle enough and it's been incredible how people will shift their attention. You yeah. can feel them all of a sudden present in that moment it's more specific, isn't yeah. it? It's, yeah. it's just those subtle little social scripts, uh, uh, breaking those social scripts, and that's what I found really helpful, and I look for all those opportunities just throughout the day, and um, that's what I was guilty of, was not seeing those small little moments as opportunities to boost my well-being, but yeah. theirs as well. Both. Love it. Well, and I would think, as you were talking, I was thinking about this, you used the word deep just a minute ago. I think it's okay to give introverts permission to go deep rather than wide. You don't have to have 1,000 BFS. Yeah. Go deep with a few and and really experience the connection that happens quicker than 40 seconds, perhaps, because you've, you've been deep before. Yes. I, I love that. I think one other thing that will be also be helpful for listeners, too, is that there's three dimensions to loneliness. Okay. Uh, so one is relational. Okay. So where, excuse me, the first one to think about would be intimate. So this, this is when you have very intimate connections, maybe with yeah. family, yes. family members, and that's usually a few close people. Yeah. The next dimension is relational. Okay. So those are typically your friends or maybe your, your, your tighter social yeah. circle. And then the third is collective, the yes. collective dimension, which is you know, you're part of something bigger or you know, the university or yeah. your organizational culture, community. And research tells us that you could have connections in one or two of those dimensions but then not have one another and still feel this longing or this isolation. Still hungry. Yeah, still hungry. And so it's important that we kind of have that diversity okay. of connections. So if you see someone that in classroom or at work that looks like they're having, you know, they're extroverted, they're having all these connections at work, well, if they're missing some of those more you know, intimate or relational, they can yeah. still be craving some more connection. I think that's something that uh, people don't quite have grasped yet, and I think that's important to know. I do too. So one last quick question. Sure. Uh, what role can leaders play in uh, reducing isolation and loneliness with teams and people? Yeah, we, we studied astronauts when we were looking at isolation, and because of course they operate 254 miles away from civilization. And specifically, we, uh, we profiled Christina Koch, who is, she spent 328 consecutive days in space she saw a total of 11 people. So introverts rejoice, right? Yes, yes. And we asked her, we said, how do you keep loneliness at bay in those extreme isolation uh, scenarios? And she was very uh, direct. She said, clear direction. Hmm. Clear direction. Good. Good. As leaders, right, we can't guarantee That's certainty, right. but boy, we can be clear with, with, our, with, our, right. with our people, can't we? And so clarity is so important. So it's confusion will spur alienation. Because right? if you go on a hike, you don't yeah. have a map, and you wander, you get lost, mm -hmm. uh, loneliness ensues. But if you know where you're going, you know what's yeah. expected of you. Um, you know, uh, so again, confusion spurs alienation, but it's uh, clarity that cultivates connection. So as leaders, that's one of the biggest things. There's so many things you can do uh, as it relates to reducing isolation and creating more belonging. But clear direction is a great place to start. Love it. Ryan, this has been so rich. You crammed a lot of great information into a few minutes. Listeners, um, Andrew's going to come on in just a minute and talk about how you can get the book, but I just want to encourage you. I've got it. Thank you for yeah, my copy, by the way. Connectable, how leaders can move teams from isolation to all in. Very practical, very rich, and I think very timely for today. Ryan, thank you for being with us. Thank you, Tim. 
Tim and Ryan, thank you so much for an incredible conversation. If you found that helpful, we want to encourage you to pick up Ryan Jenkins' book. Again, it's called Connectable, How Leaders Can Move Teams from Isolated to All In. We would love for you to read that. Well, as always, if you would rate this podcast, give us five stars on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. That would be very helpful to us. We greatly appreciate it. If you found this interview, this conversation particularly helpful, and maybe you thought of somebody who might benefit from it, go ahead and share it with that friend. We would appreciate that as well. If you want to connect with us online, we are at Growing Leaders and at Tim Elmore pretty much everywhere you are. And then finally, if you have ideas for this podcast, maybe a subject you think we should cover or somebody else you think we should interview, shoot us an email. It's podcast at growingleaders.com. Thank you guys so much for listening. Still hungry. So it's important that we kind of have actions. So if you see someone that...